Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, the pleasure of speaking with Michelle Tyrapak, the Interim Associate Director of Technology Transfer at the University of South Florida, also known as USF. Michelle is a patent attorney who began as a licensing manager and is now the Interim Associate Director of USF. Prior to her time with USF, Michelle was Senior Intellectual Property Counsel with Lubrizol Corporation. Prior to her time at Lubrizol, Michelle worked as a patent attorney at several law firms. Michelle has a BS in medical technology and an MS in chemistry from Cleveland State University and a JD from Cleveland Marshall College of Law. And with that impressive background, welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Thanks so much for inviting me to speak with you today, Lisa. It's really good to be here. Well, thanks so much, Michelle, for taking part in the podcast. It's really great to have you here. I generally like to start the podcast by asking my guests about their journey to tech transfer. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in Tampa and at USF? Sure, Lisa. Um, You know, if you told me I'd be working in a tech transfer office five years ago, I probably would have asked you, what are you talking about? Um, uh, As as you indicated earlier, um, I worked in industry as in-house counsel uh, for a multi-billion dollar chemical company. Um, And I was really happy there. I thought I was going to retire from that, that position in that company. Um, but in early 2017, I was laid off. And so I started thinking a bit outside of the box as to how I might use my IP background and, and different um, experiences that I've had over the course of my career uh, from just the usual positions that an IP attorney might engage in, you know, as a, as a partner in a law firm or as in-house counsel in a company. So one of my responsibilities as in-house counsel with Lubrizol was um, working with the corporate partnership team and supporting collaborations with universities um, from a legal and IP perspective. So I thought, well, that's interesting. I, uh, I started to look into positions in academia from tech transfer offices, uh, not really knowing a whole lot about tech transfer. And I applied for a position at USF uh, for a licensing manager. They had an opening at the time. And that's how I ended up here in Tampa. Um, I I interviewed. uh, Actually, the position that I interviewed for was not the same position that that I ended up um, getting. Um, it, It was still a licensing manager position, but more from a perspective of reviewing all of the sponsored research and clinical trial agreements uh, with IP language. So that all all came through our office and I was the one that worked on all that. So here I am. 
Wow, that's that's quite a journey. And you certainly have done very well, obviously, in your transition from law firm and in-house counsel over to the university. So congratulations to you. And I think that's a good segue uh, for me to ask you, for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with the tech transfer office at USF, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, um, USF is a, is a tier one research university. Uh, it's probably one of the largest and most prolific uh, in the country. I would say most research universities have some sort of tech transfer, although it's not always called a tech transfer office. It might be an office of licensing and commercialization or an innovation office or something like that. Uh, but we all do essentially the same thing, um, which is to shepherd ideas from the lab to the marketplace. Um, so we take the valuable research and technology and know-how and works of authorship that our faculty and students create on our campus. Uh, we protect it through intellectual property, uh, such as patents or copyrights. And then we transfer those inventions and creations to business and entrepreneurs uh, to further develop to a stage where it can be um, a tangible asset or product uh, that can benefit people and the economy. Um, so that journey can include patenting, copywriting, licensing, um, might be an acquisition or creation of a startup around that uh, technology. And then we also market our IP portfolio. So we look to find industry matches uh, for the technologies and companies that might be interested in, in licensing those technologies or perhaps forming a potential startup company around the technology. Um, so there's a lot that goes into tech transfer at USF, uh, but basically we're here to drive university-developed technology into the marketplace. Yeah, I know it's a very, very busy office. So I'm, I'm curious a little bit about your team. Can you, you tell us how many people are on your team and, and how your office is structured? Yeah, I think we currently, I would say we have a medium sized office right now. Um, we're at a lucky number 13. Um, <laughs> we, we have, uh, as far as our leadership team, I am currently serving as the interim director of the office. Um, we recently hired two assistant directors last October to join the team. Uh, one is in charge of startups and business development, and the other is leading our marketing efforts. Um, and both, both of them are new to the academic world and tech transfer, but they have a lot of industry experience in their field. Well, so our office has been looking to work more like a business, and we've been looking for people with uh, that type of background. Um, under our uh, IP and um, agreement management, we have three really exceptional people managing our por portfolio and agreements, uh, two IP paralegals. Um, they handle the, the process uh, from receipt of the invention disclosure um, to working with outside counsel to move those uh, inventions through the patenting process. Um, we also have an agreement specialist who handles all of our, our non-disclosure and material transfer agreements and also assists with some of the sponsored research agreements that come through our office. Um, and we are currently in the process of adding a few more people on the technology side of the office. Um, technology scouts is what we're calling them. 
to work directly with the faculty, um, you know, to go out into the labs and, and talk to the faculty, see what they're working on, seeing if they have things to disclose to our office, and then evaluating um, the commercial feasibility of those inventions and whether um, they can be protected by IP. And we have a, a marketing team. Um, there's four people on the team, our, our assistant director of marketing, um, a publications designer who's responsible for all of our creator design work for flyers and things like that, um, a communications officer who handles um, social media posting, uh, award opportunities for our startup companies, um, monitoring of media for for news about the companies, um, and a, an intern program coordinator um, who handles our internship program. So the the we have, I think, currently four grad students working as interns in our office who help with uh, with various aspects of marketing and prior art searches and such. And then lastly, um, we have a business and operations group uh, that leads all of our financial compliance and operation efforts. Um, a fiscal and business manager heads up the group. Um, he's supported by our client relationship manager who works with our licensees, a database analyst uh, to assist with our database and metrics reporting, and an admin assistant to, to help everyone on the, on the team uh, with everyday tasks and keep everything running smoothly in the office. Yeah, they're very important for they sure. Important. Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to ask you um, if you could share with us um, some statistics of your office, particularly maybe from fiscal year 2021 in terms of new licenses, startup companies, formed invention disclosures, things like that. Yes. Um, so I think like any technology transfer office, we're very much driven by metrics. Um, we have an accountability plan that's approved annually by the Florida Board of Governors that drives many of our goal numbers. And I think we're, I would say, 99% successful in reaching those metrics every year. Um, so for issued patents, we had 111 issued patents in fiscal year 2021. Um, as you know, we are ranked uh, for the last few years now in the top 10 of all universities for U.S. issued patents and in the top 20 worldwide. So we are a patent machine. Um, we had um, 187 invention disclosures. Uh, we entered into 98 licenses and option agreements, and we had 11 startup companies last year. Um, one of the things that we are really working hard on to improve is our revenue generation this year. Um, we've been, I would say, running around $3 million per year, and it looks like we're going to hit four this year. So that's a, a good improvement. Um, and we're looking at different ways to monetize the portfolio and, and engage with industry on that. Yeah, that's a pretty significant improvement. So congratulations. That's exciting. So, um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about startups and ask you about um, startups that come out of the university there. Can you tell us how your office supports the startups that come out of the university? 
Sure. So one of the primary goals of our office is to foster, you know, new business based on USF research and um, those companies then provide uh, economic impact to the Tampa Bay region. So our office, mainly through our assistant director of startups, um, works with the faculty members and students who are looking to become entrepreneurs and start their own companies. Um, as well as external parties who might have interest in forming a company around USF technologies. So we assist them, you know, right from the start of their business. Um, we, we might help them with actually setting up the company and finding them resources and funding to move that technology forward. Um, we try to look for business people to act as mentors for them or even run the company, you know, become their CEO. Um, reviewing pitch decks for presentations and competitions, you know, things like that. And then we also engage with the Small Business Development Center here at USF, and they provide no-cost consulting services to startups to help them get the information they need to grow and succeed. Um, also, depending on where the company is at in their startup process, we might direct them to participate in the National Science Foundation I-Corps program. Um, that's a public-private partnership program geared toward entrepreneurial uh, faculty and graduate student teams um, to complete together an assessment of their the, the business potential of, of a project that they're looking at. Um, so USF is one of 99 national sites designated for this training and only one of three in Florida. Um, we've been We've had a number of teams that have actually made it to the national I-Corps finalists, so we're pretty proud about that. Oh, yeah, that's definitely something to to be proud of. And talking a little bit more about startups, I, I was curious, um, what funding opportunities are available there at USF for your startups? Yeah, well, to um, to continue with I-Corps, um, as I mentioned, they actually provide some modest funding to the teams to transition their product. Um, and so at, at a certain level, and then if you reach the national level, I believe it's an even bigger amount. Um, the Small Business Innovation Research and Small Business Technology Transfer, SBR, STTR grants offered by NSF, um, are also available for startups to apply to. And so we'll work with the companies and help them on those. And one of the funding opportunities we are lucky enough to have here in Central Florida is the Florida High Tech Corridor Matching Grants Program. So the High Tech Corridor in Central Florida is a 23-county region, and it includes three of the largest research universities in the country. So University of Florida, University of Central Florida, and University of South Florida. And through this program, the companies can receive up to $150,000 in matching grant funds uh, for for collaborative research projects between Florida-based industry partners and the, the university researchers. Um, that also includes SBIR and SDTR funded projects. So that is a, a, a great benefit that we are lucky enough to have here. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and I wanted to switch gears a little bit, Michelle, and ask you about external partners, whether they're corporate partners and or government partners and the role that they play there at USF. Can you give us some examples of some relationships with some external partners? Well, sure, Lisa. Our office works with a lot of different industry partners through sponsored research and uh, collaboration agreements, uh, as well as licensing. Um, we have a very close relationship with the Office of Corporate Partnerships, uh, who helps us in identifying companies who might have interest in licensing technologies. And then they also will send the, the companies our way, you know, if they want to if they're trying to identify um, faculty members uh, who are there looking uh, for to perform research collaborations. And then from the foundation perspective, um, we do a lot of work with the Gates Foundation. Um, they've supported a number of research initi initiatives here at USF. And they've also contributed to one of our more successful technologies by one of our engineering faculty um, that involves wastewater sanitation. Uh, we've also done work with the Foundation for Angelman Syndrome in the past and continue to do so. Um, they have supported research for a number of faculty as well. Uh, so those are the foundations that come to mind. I'm, I'm sure there's many more, though. So, Michelle, I was wondering if you could share with us some of your office's biggest success stories, whether it's successful technology, startups, or anything else you'd like to share. Oh, yes, I'd love to. Um, I think one of our most notable technologies uh, is referred to as the new, new generator. Um, that was an, invented by a USF faculty member, Dr. Daniel Yeh. And it's really a world-changing piece of technology. Um, it's a solar-powered machine that generates nutrients, energy, and water by recovering safely from human wastewater. Um, and it's a technology built to address global sanitation concerns. Um, so it's designed to bring sanitation and potable water to many, in many places in the world that have neither of those things. And it's already been deployed in several locations uh, across South Africa uh, and is in the beginning stages of mass production. We also have a company working on uh, treatments for Alzheimer's. Um, Alzheimer Neuro is a startup company formed a little over five years ago. Uh, they licensed a USF technology for an ionic co-crystal composition and they recently underwent an IPO last June and have successfully completed phase one trials with really good results. Uh, so we're very excited to see their continued success. And lastly, here's one that you may have heard about because it did make national news was the 3D printed swab that was used for COVID testing. And it was a a nasal swab design that came about around uh, mid-March of 2020 at the start of the pandemic um, when it was found that these swabs were in high demand and extremely limited supply. Uh, so we had a team from the USF Health 3D Clinical Applications Division that created an initial design, and they worked with uh, some faculty from Northwell Health as well as with a company called Form Labs up in Ohio uh, to develop prototypes 
and secure materials for the 3D printed alternative. And those swabs were used um, all over the world, actually, by several hundred hospitals and medical centers around the country, uh, some state governments and international agencies and healthcare facilities. So I think those are those are three of our most successful technologies to date. Hopefully more more to come. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to say that's a that's a very impressive list. And so, Michelle, with great success also comes challenges. So I'm I'm curious to know what would you say are your office's two biggest challenges? I would have to say uh, resources are our first and biggest challenge, um, people and money, right? And I think that's uh, a challenge faced by a lot of offices right now, uh, both in tech transfer and, and not in tech transfer. Um, we had a, a significant budget cut last year, and our office has undergone um, and is in, still in the process of uh, restructuring so we're in the midst of filling some empty positions and continuing to work through the restructuring. Um, I think another challenge, and this is also something most tech transfer offices face, is that we've really been trying to focus on working effectively with industry. Um, having come from the industry side and work, work with industry universities while I, while I was there, I noticed that the, the two places don't operate at the same speed. So industry can be very aggressive, especially in certain areas like the life sciences. They move very quickly. And as you know, wheels at large universities do not move that quickly. And so one of, one of industry's biggest complaints is, you know, all the bureaucracy and offices that things have to move through here at the university so our office is really striving to do a better job of being collaborative and, and moving at industry speed. Well, Michelle, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you about diversity, equity, and inclusion, because this is an extremely important topic that's being discussed in tech transfer offices all around the world. I was curious, could you tell us what programs your office and the university have to help and encourage and assist women and other traditionally underrepresented inventors and entrepreneurs? Uh, yes, you're, you know, you're really right. Diversity, equity, inclusion is a big, big conversation here at USF. Um, USF Connect, which is one of our uh, sister departments in research innovation, is hosting a women in entrepreneurship conference in a couple of weeks. And we're very excited about the conference and the opportunity to have our vice president of research, Dr. Sylvia Thomas, uh, deliver a message at the conference as well as our university president, Ria Law. So I would say that women have traditionally been underrepresented in entrepreneurial and inventorship roles, but I think that's changing. I, I think that's the same for a lot of underrepresented groups as well. Um, I know last year, USF Research and Innovation, in conjunction with the Office of the Provost, uh, jointly committed a half a million dollars for our first round of a year-long rapid response research grant. And those grants were, were given to understand and address the effects of systemic racism at the local, national, and international levels. Um, I would also say the university as a whole, through its Office of Multicultural Affairs, has a lot of different programs and organizations 
uh, to support underrepresented groups within the USF community. And I think there's over 30 student organizations uh, within within that office. Um, so they bring groups together of students based on uh, things such as common ethnicity, race, uh, sexual orientation, gender ident- identity, and things like that. Um, and I know our Office of Supplier Diversity also connects um, small minority women and veteran-owned businesses uh, to opportunities within USF. And they are really committed to using those businesses in the procurement of goods and services here at USF. Uh, In 2021, they were recognized on a national level uh, through that office for their commitment to supporting diversity and inclusion. So I think there are you know, it is a really big um, focus here at the university and, and we do a, a good job at it. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of programs and doing a lot to try and increase the number of women and traditionally underrepresented groups in, in a lot of different areas, just not inventors and entrepreneurs, but more broadly based, which is fantastic. Absolutely. So, Michelle, I wanted to ask you, what organizations are you involved in and what value do you think they add? Oh, I think, well, we regularly participate in Autumn, of course, um, the Licensing Executive Society and Osage University Partners. Uh, those seem to be the, the uh, top groups that most tech transfer offices participate in. I, I think the value that they deliver is dependent on how you engage with them, right? So if you engage on a regular basis um, and to a larger degree, then you derive a lot of value in return. Um, every year we send staff to our to the annual meetings from those groups, uh, as well as educational seminars offered by the by the groups. So keep try to keep everyone up to speed on what's happening in the industry. And it's a really invaluable opportunity to collaborate with and and learn from the experiences of uh, fellow members of the tech transfer community. Um, Our office is also very supportive of the National Academy of Adventures. Um, That's a nonprofit organization of U.S. and international universities um, and governmental and nonprofit research institutes. Uh, the NIA actually had its roots right here at USF and was the founding chapter member. And so the, the USF chapter often sponsors presentations here at the university uh, for faculty on topics like entrepreneurship and, and patent, patent prosecution. So we, we try to stay involved in different organizations so we can we can stay up to date. Well, Michelle, I generally like to close the podcast by asking my guests, if you could have any three wishes granted or a vision realized for your office, what would that be? That's a really good question, Lisa. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you can't wish for more wishes. That's what I tell people. You only get three. I, I think first, I would love to see one of our technologies make a big impact. And I don't say that just from a revenue or financial generation impact. I mean, even uh, uh, for an impact on the public benefit. Um, in tech transfer, 
I think about only 1% of all the technologies in a university's portfolio actually generate successful products. So it'd be great to have that one unicorn. Uh, and I, I think we have several technologies and startups that are, on their, that are on their way to great success. And I look forward to seeing that happen. The second, I would say achieving greater outreach across the university so that everyone on campus understands what our office does and how we might be able to work with them, not just the faculty and students in the traditional STEM areas, but those in areas of study where they might not think they have something to contribute to tech transfer. Um, I can't tell you how many times I talk to faculty that I haven't spoken to before and they know nothing about our office or that the university has an IP policy. Um, so, you know, when you say tech transfer, people automatically think about patents and inventions, and it's not just that. And I'm talking about music, psychology, architecture, you know, the humanities, where, where people don't necessarily think they're creating something that could, could have a, a larger impact. Uh, it would be great to expand that outreach. And lastly, I think everyone wishes for more resources in their office, and we're not really any different. Um, as I said, uh, over the past year, we've, we've embarked on a new direction for our office, and I think it's a really good pivot, and I think it will be successful. Um, but we're going to be focusing a lot of energy on evaluating not only the quantity of patents and IP flowing through the office, but the quality and potential of that IP. So that means placing a bigger emphasis on marketing and business development, both internal and external, and that requires an investment in, in resources and people. I think those would be my three biggest wishes, although I'm sure I have many more. <laughs> well, I think those are very great wishes, so good luck in realizing those. So, Michelle, I can't thank you enough for all your insights and time today. This has been an absolute pleasure. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? Oh, sure. They can send me an email at m, like Mary, t, like Tom, y, r, p, like Paul, a, k, at usf.edu. Well, thank you so much again, Michelle. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and the line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.